0: Good morning and welcome to the product of IT Cybersecurity Daily number 153. It is Wednesday, June 24th, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and get ready for a ransomware surge. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J tech.com. Alright, we've reached the pinnacle of any work week. It is Hump Day. Happy Hump Day. Wherever you're listening to this, if you could like, comment, review, or share, that would be great. And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, please go to Facebook and in a search type, get in get HIPAA compliance and join that group. You'll learn lots of important HIPAA information. we um, got a couple of updates. Google releases security updates for Chrome, so you should be on Google Chrome version, 83.0.4103.116, and that's across all operating systems. Uh, There are some security concerns, so make sure you do update that right away. Adobe releases security updates for Magento, so if you're using Magento, please update it right away. Also, security issues. 80,000 printers are exposed. Printers are exposing their IPP port online this is on ZDNet, printers are leaking device names, locations, models, firmware versions, organization names, and even Wi-Fi SSIDs. For years, security researchers have warned that every device left exposed online without being protected by a firewall is an attack surface. Hackers can deploy exploits to forcibly take control over the device, or they can just connect to the exposed port if no authentication is required. Devices hacked this way are often enslaved in malware botnets, and they serve as an initial as initial footholds and backdoors into larger corporate networks. However, despite this being common knowledge among cybersecurity and IT experts, we still have a large number of devices that are left exposed online and insecure. In a report published earlier this month, security researchers from the Shadow Server Foundation, a nonprofit organization focused on improving cybersecurity practices across the world, have published a warning about companies that are leaving printers exposed online. More specifically, Shadow Server experts scanned all the four billion routable IPv4 addresses for printers that are exposing that are exposing their IPP port. IPP stands for Internet Printing Protocol, and as the name suggests, is protocol that allows users to manage Internet-connected printers and send printing jobs to printers hosted online. The difference between IPP and the multiple other printer management protocols is that IPP is a secure protocol that supports advanced features such as access control lists authentication and encrypted communications. However, this doesn't mean that the device owners are making use of any of these features. Shadow server experts said, they specifically scanned the internet for IPP capable printers that were left exposed without being protected by a firewall and allowed attackers to query for local details via the get print printer attributes function and total experts said they f- usually they usually find found on average around 80,000 printers exposing themselves online via the IPP port on a daily basis. So that is a lot of printers exposed. Um, if you are one of those people, one of those companies, one of those individuals who control printers, who manage printers, um, and your IPP is exposed, you should address that. Get it behind the firewall. And if you're not using it, just turn it off. Sleeping Computer Reports, new Wasted Locker ransomware distributed via fake program updates. The Russian cybercrime group, known as Evil Corp., which is a very large group, has added a new ransomware to its arsenal called Wasted Locker. The ransomware is used in targeted attacks against the Enterprise. The Evil Corp gang, also known as CrowdStrike, as Indrik Spider, started as affiliates for the Zeus botnet. Over time, they formed into a group that focused on distributing the banking trojan and downloader called Drydex via phishing emails. As their attacks evolved, the group created a ransomware called BitPamer, which was delivered via the Drydex malware and targeted attacks against corporate networks. In a new report by NCC Group's Fox IT security research team, researchers explained that after the indictment of EvilCorp members, Igor Ol- Ologovich Tarashev and Maxim Viktor Rovich yeah Yakovets, the hacking group, began restructuring their tactics. As part of their structure, Evil Corp has begun distributing a new ransomware variant called Wasted Locker in targeted attacks against businesses. Evil Corp are selective in terms of their infrastructure. They target when deploying their ransomware. Typically they hit file servers, database services, virtual machine, and cloud environments. Of course, these choices will also be heavily influenced, but what by what we may term their business model, which also means they should be able to disable or disrupt backup applications and related infrastructure, Fox IT researcher Stefano Antonucci explains in the report. To deliver the ransomware, Evo Corp is hacking into sites to insert malicious code and displays fake software update alerts from the Sock fake update framework. One of the payloads sent in these attacks is the Cobalt Strike Penetration Testing and Post-Exploitation Toolkit, which evilcorp uses to gain access to the infected device. The threat actors then use this access to compromise the network further and deploy the Wasted Locker ransomware. Fox IT noted that unlike Doppelpamer attacks, a ransomware created by a group who split from evilcorp in 2019, Wasted Locker attacks do not appear to steal data from before encrypting files. So that I'm sure that's temporary, so... It is interesting that the group has not appeared to have engaged in extensive information stealing or threatened to publish information about victims in the way that Doppelpaymer and many other targeted ransomware operations have. We assess that that the probable reason for not leaking victim information is the unwanted attention this could draw from law enforcement and the public, Antonucci theorized. So here we go with a new ransomware attack by Evil Corp. Um, So b Be wary of that, would assume they will still use Drydex. The Drydex is banking trojan, similar to um, uh, one we talk about a lot, TrickBot. So if you are uh, not monitoring your network for activity that wouldn't normally be there, then you might be doing yourself a disservice as these groups continue to ramp up. And I think we will see a big surge in the second half of uh, 2020 here. Uh, speaking of ransomware on Bleepy Computer, Revel Ransomware, also known as Soto Nokibi, scans victims' network for point of sale systems. Revel ran- ransomware operators have been observed while scanning one of their victims' network for point of sale servers f- by researchers with Symantec's threat intelligence team. Revel, also known as Soto Nokibi, is a ransomware as a service operation known for breaching corporate networks using exploits. Exploits Exposed remote desktop services, common attack vector and i'm not sure if i reported it on this podcast but i did scan in the u.s there is over 1 million rdp servers exposed um to the internet so spam as well as hacked managed service providers which we've seen a number of now after getting access to targets network the operators spread laterally while also stealing data from servers and workstations later encrypting all the machines on the network after gaining administrative access to domain controller. As part of the campaign observed by Symantec, the Rebel Affiliates used the off-the-shelf Cobalt Strike Penetration Testing Toolkit to deploy Rebel, aka Soda nokibi ransomware s- payloads on their target's networks. In total, the researchers found cobalt strike on the networks of eight firms targeting in, targeted in this campaign with the attackers infected and encrypting three companies from the services, food, and healthcare industry sectors with the rebel ransomware. The companies targeted in this campaign were primarily large, even multinational companies, which were likely targeted because the attackers believed they would be willing to pay a large ransom to recover access to their systems. Each of the victims was asked to pay $50,000 worth of Monero, cryptocurrency, or $100,000 if three-hour deadline expired. The rebel actors did their best to evade detection after gaining access to their target's networks by using infrastructure hosted on legitimate services such as PaySpin and Amazon CloudFront. They also disabled security software to prevent security teams from detecting their attacks and stole credentials later used to add rogue accounts as a simple way to gain persistence on the compromised machines. While the services and food companies were the target, the perfect target, says they were large organizations capable of paying a large ransom to have their systems cri- decrypted. The smaller healthcare organization was a smaller outfit that couldn't pay the ransom. In this case, probably prompted by the fact that there was a high possibility that the victim won't be able to pay for the decryptor. The rebel operators also scanned the healthcare organization's network for POS systems as part of the credit card data theft attempt or as an additional valuable target worth encrypting. While many of the Elements of this attack are typical tactics seen in the previous attacks using Soto The scanning of victim systems for POS software is interesting as this is not typically something you see happening alongside targeted ransomware attacks, Semantic cl- concluded. It will be interesting to see if this was just an opportunistic activity in this campaign or is it if, it is a s- if it is set to be a new tactic adopted by targeted ransomware gangs. Uh, And again, speaking of ransomware, on bleeping computer, Ryuk ransomware deployed two weeks after TrickBot infection. Activity logs on a server used by TrickBot Trojan in post compromise stages of an attack show that the actor takes an average of two weeks pivoting to valuable hosts on the network before deploying Ryuk ransomware. After compromising the network, the attacker starts scanning for live systems that have specific ports open and stealing password hashes from domain admin group. Researchers at Sentinel-1 have detailed the activity observed from logs on a Cobalt Strike server, so each one of these mentions Cobalt Strike that TrickBot used to profile networks and systems. Once the actor took interest in compromised network, they used modules from Cobalt Strike threat emulation software for red teams and penetration testers. One component is the DA check script to check if the current user has domain admin privileges and check the members of this group. They also use... Mimicats to extract passwords that would help with lateral movement. The researchers found that discovering computers of interest on the network is done by scanning for live hosts that they have specific ports open. Services like FTP, SSH, SMB, SQL Server, Remote Desktop, VNC are targeted because they help move to other computers on the network or indicate a valuable target. According to Sentinel 1's examination, the threat actor profiles each machine to extract as much information. As possible, this allows them to complete control, to take complete control of the network and get access to as many hosts as possible. Reconnaissance and pivoting stages are followed by planting Ryuk ransomware and deploying it to all accessible machines using Microsoft's PS Exec tool for executing, executing sorry, processes remotely. Based on timestamps, Sentinel One researchers estimate that it took two weeks for the attacker to gain access to machines on a network and profile them before executing Ryuk. Vitaly Kremez of Advanced Intelligence Security Boutique told Bleeping Computer that this average for the incubation period is accurate, although it varies from one victim to another. In some cases, Ryuk was deployed after just one day, while in other instances the file-encrypted malware was executed after the attacker had spent months on the network. I think the MSP that was hit um, somewhere in the Midwest last year that impacted a bunch of... um, uh, um uh, assisted living facilities, I believe they were on that network for months. Kremez tol- told us that Ryuk cr- r- infections have slowed down lately as the threat actor is likely in a vacation kind of state. It is important to note that not all trick bot infections are followed by Ryuk ransomware, probably because the actors take the time to analyze the data collected and determine if the victim is worth the g- encrypting or not. So imagine somebody compromises your network, spends a couple of weeks on it before even showing any signs that they're there, unless you're, you know, properly managing the security of your network, that's then then yeah, absolutely. You're doing a good job. But if you're not and they um and they sit on your network for weeks, they're gonna find a lot of information and they're gonna they're gonna access a lot of things. So um you really need to be able to monitor things like that may 2020 healthcare data breach report so we have our may numbers um it was actually a fairly quiet month you know uh against more the against more busier months in the past however it is a higher month it is the highest month since february for a number of records so um just to give you an idea february was one a little more than one and a half million records. We are just over a million for May. We were at 828,000 in March and 442,000 in April. Now some of this may be impacted by COVID-19. Largest healthcare data breaches. Um, let me see. They there are a number of business associates on this list, so this is interesting. Elkhart Emergency Service uh, Physicians Inc., which is a healthcare provider, 550,000 in proper disposal. BJC Health System Business Associate, 287,876 Hacking IT Incident. St. Francis Healthcare Partners Business Associate, 38,000 Hacking IT Incident. Everett & Huray Ophthalmolic Association Healthcare, 34,000 Hacking IT. Management and Network Services, LLC Business Associate, 30,000 Hacking IT. Sounds like that might be a MSP. I'll have to look at that. Sanitas Dental Management Healthcare Provider Loss, that was 19,000. Metaclaim LLC, a business associate, 15,000 hacking IT. Woodlawn Dental Center Healthcare Provider Hacking IT, that was 14,419. Matt Sue, Surgical Associates, APC Healthcare Provider, 13,000 hacking IT. In Millay Lacks Health System, 10,630 hacking IT. So we have One, two, three, four, four business associates making the top 10 this month. Um, That is not a good sign. Um, I'm going to look up, try to look this up while I'm recording. If this is an MSP or some type of IT company. Uh, But continuing down the list, the causes of the April 2020 healthcare data breaches. One was lost. Eight, unauthorized access or disclosure. Eight, improper disposal, which we do seem to be... um, seeing a lot more of lately and 11 hacking it incident. Now here's where it gets interesting because every month I tell you nearly 40% of all of the, um, no, they're a managed care provider. So not exactly an MSP. Um, every month I tell you 40 between 40 and 45% of the breaches are email this month. That is not the case for the first time since I've started recording this podcast. So laptop was one, other was two, electronic medical record was four, network server five, email was eight, and paper films was 10. So out of, let's see, you have three, seven, 12, 20, 30 breaches, eight of them were email. So a little less than a third, Um, almost 25%, a little more than 25%. And then finally, uh, six out of the... Um, I just told you what the number was, 28. Well, they show 28 here and then 30 here, so I'm not sure why that is. But anyway, so out of 28 breaches, six of them were business associates, one was a health plan, and 21 health care providers. So six, almost 20%, or actually a little more than 20% were business associates. I've been saying business associates need to get their act together. They are going to start enforcing HIPAA on business associates as soon as things calm down with COVID-19. Could just about guarantee it. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the product of IT Cybersecurity Daily. Until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.